Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. We are going to be having a chat here with uh, G.F. Ward, the author of From Zero to Financial Freedom Hero. And uh, Glenn is a, a longtime group member and a contributor to the podcast page over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. And uh, he just published his uh, his new book, about uh, all things financial, pretty much his story of how he came out of debt, got the ball rolling in the right direction, and ultimately made that change uh, to get on that path to financial freedom. So thank you guys, as always, uh, for stopping in. Thank you to Glenn for uh, having a chat with me. And uh, make sure that you get a a copy of his book, uh, From Zero to Financial Freedom Hero, available on Amazon and Audible. It's also available as an audiobook. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get right to it. Hey, Glenn. Yeah, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm living the dream, man, every day. Well, that's amazing. Great to hear. So uh, real quick intro. We've got uh, Glenn Ward on the show today, uh, author of From Zero to Financial Freedom Hero. But uh, yeah, Glenn, so uh, I guess tell us a little bit about yourself and uh I guess, how you got into the finance world. All right. Well, sure. I'm happy to, happy to talk about that. Um, well, my name is Glenn Ward, also known as GF Ward. That's my pen name. Um, I, I've worked in healthcare for a very long time. Uh, I've had many jobs over the years, usually working several at a time. And um, I have a family. I have a son and, and a wife. My son's Franco. He's mentioned in the book. You know, she's not in the book, but she's she's a po- supporter of the book. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been in healthcare for a long time. I'm currently working in the finance portion of, of a hospital. Um, and that's that's kind of helped me get to where I am now with uh, with the book and so on. But I got interested in finance be- because I didn't have any money. Okay. <laughs> to, be, to be perfectly honest with you, um, I got to a point where you know, things were a little rough and uh, I was looking at a, a huge amount of debt and I knew, I knew there was a better way to get out of it. Uh, there's a way to get out of it and, and a really a better path. And that kind of started my journey. Okay. So it sounds like you kind of dug a financial hole and you kind of came to terms with, Hey, what I'm doing isn't working. And we had to devise a plan to, to get out and get on that right path. Yeah. You know, I mean, in school, like I have an MBA now, but, you know, going through school, I have a, a, a lot of, I had a lot of classes, let's put it that way. And um, you don't really get that financial training. So I don't come from a family of, of financial people. Um, and really my dad didn't start investing in his, um, his retirement until he was probably in his late forties, early fifties. Okay. So I, I didn't have that guidance and um, I dug a hole for myself and yeah, I, I needed to find a way to get out of it. And I, you know, 
started doing lots of reading, lots of research, making mistakes and uh, not making them again. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. Now, in that journey, did you, in, in your reading, I guess, where did you take that first step? Is there one book that you read or a way that you started? Was it stocks or funds or, or how did you go about getting out of this hole? Well, I, I think that was the problem initially. I didn't know how how to do it. Like I didn't know there was like years ago, they didn't have um, Robin hood or Weeble or, or any of these applications. And it was hard to get started. You had to have a lot of money to start, right. um, but I was starting at negative. So I needed to get out of that hole. And I, I literally found myself in a, a lawyer's office talking about uh, bankruptcy and that's how bad it got. Um, okay but there was no guarantee even in bankruptcy for me, you know? Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, and it was going to cost me two grand that I didn't have. I think, I think that was the number he gave me. So I'm like, okay, so I have to pay to get out of this, but there's no guarantee that it's all going to go away. And then my life is going to be ruined for 10 years. Right. Um, don't know if that's really the option or the way to go, but I'm glad I got the information. Right. And, and there, there was a lot of steps along the way like that. Um, I also started talking more to people about finances and started listening to a lot of people. Um, one of those, one, well, one of the books I read, I would say is rich dad, poor dad. Okay. Um, I learned a lot from, from that and Robert Kiyosaki cashflow quadrant. Um, another was uh, Dave Ramsey. I listened to his, his, uh, he, you know, his radio show and um and, and now it's, you know, it's actually, you know, a podcast as well as, uh, you know, it's a live, he has a live video. I, I don't know. I can't think of the term, but um, you can watch it, you know. Right. And, they live stream it. Yeah. That's the word. Thank you. Yeah, no and, problem. And it was, it was free, you know? So I'm like, ah, oh. so I started watching all these people, you know, and uh, reading about what I learned from Robert Kiyosaki uh, listening to Susie Orman, you know, really all, all the people that talk about this stuff okay, and kind of formulating my own plan. Um, yeah. And I think that's really where it all started for me, but really just to get out of where I was to get out of negative to a point where I'm at least at zero. And then I have a, a, a launch pad from that point forward. Okay. Was that uh, kind of like the Dave Ramsey baby steps, you know, follow the path, get out of debt, pay off all your bills and then yeah. slowly start chipping away at everything else. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a modified, I would say baby steps. Um, I did. Well, at first I did both of what he, he taught the baby steps to the uh, debt snowball, but there's also what they call the debt avalanche. And he does not teach that. Uh, the debt avalanche is working from the higher interest yield, you know, interest um, credit cards and paying those off first. So I, I did a little bit of both to figure out where was the best place for me. And um, just watching the numbers go down was psychologically the way to go. You know, just I, I think the snowball is good for folks who have who have debt and just need to see things get started and get rolling. But once I got rolling. I reversed it and I went to the avalanche paying bet down the big stuff first. Gotcha. You okay. Know? And yeah. Yeah. Seeing all that was like, that was, that was exciting. 
And it was, it was nice because you saw that. Plus you, you start talking to folks and you realize you're not the only one that's in this. And then watching listening to Dave Ramsey's program on the radio, it was like, wow, there's a lot of us out there. And oh, all yeah. of us are in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do you think that, uh, I'm, I'm guessing this is kind of your answer, which might not be the right thing to do, but is that kind of that best <laughs> in getting out of that hole? That's really what prompted you now to write the book. Do you think if, if you just had a, a financial degree and you were working it in a healthcare system, would you, do you think you would have wrote the book or was it really that journey for you? I think it was the fear to be quite honest with you. Um, and the feeling of, you know, really desperation. I, I just didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. I felt like there's a big, huge wave hanging over my head. And that feeling is not something I want anybody, anybody, not anybody I know, just anybody to feel, you know, um, getting to that point is, is a scary place. And I just feel like it could ruin you. I, d I don't want anybody to go there, you know? So I, that was really the motivation of trying to figure out a better way to do things and putting it down on paper and, 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 you know, pen, paper and pen was, I, I wanted to have something around for my son. Um, also, the people I deal with on a regular basis, you, you know, you hear horror stories and it's all because they didn't have the education or, or the, you know, a guide. So that was motivation for me to put it on paper right. and actually create the book, you know? And then you can um, say, Hey, read chapter, you know, four or whatever, and, and go to that page and read my part about uh, saving or planning budgeting. Right. But, right. That's, um, yeah. I, I did read everything. Uh, I really got a, uh, I guess, a bit of education about the, the HSA, the FSA, right, the right. employer match. I mean, uh, being self-employed, I don't have those things. Uh, my wife does have the FSA option, but right. it's not a back burner for me. So, I mean, is there, um, I've heard a lot of people say that your HSA is probably the best plate, uh, best place to start. Uh, can you elaborate on some of those different things that, uh, you know, maybe people should look at doing before? Yeah, well, I mean, I would say the first thing I would, I would suggest is get to zero, you know, um, if you're, if you have debt, get rid of it, you know, um, I, not so much college debt that can wait a little bit because the interest rates are pretty low, but you know, I, you can't really make up the, you can't make up the interest when you have a lot of debt and you're paying credit card debt at 19 or 20 percent or whatever it is at this point. But um, yeah, I mean, the HSA and the FSA is definitely a way to go. Um, HSA can be long term, FSA short term. Your employer may offer uh, one or the other, depending upon the plan you choose. Um, the, and the HSA is a health spending account. The FSA is the flexible spending account. So I would highly recommend funding that probably to the max, you know, because that money is going to be there for now. You can use it now or you can hold it and it actually you can it's an investment vehicle within itself. And what you can do is then save it for when you need it the most when you're elderly and probably making the least amount of money. But yet have all this money over time saved and you you didn't pay any taxes on it and you're not going to um if you use it for medical expenses so i think that's a it's a great uh, probably one of the best things that the government has done for uh in the, in the u.s 
um, for, for employees and, and for, you know, all the constituents, because I feel like it's, it's a great plan. You're saving instantly, you're saving your tax rate. And again, that money can be used for healthcare in the future when you're going to need it. Okay. And that was on the HSA that you can roll it over and keep it long-term. Yep. That's the health spending account. If you're, you know, if you don't have that option and the flexible spending account is available to you, well, then that's smart to do as well. But what you would want to do instead of doing it, funding it fully, because you have to use it up, uh, I think up to $500 for most employers, uh, you can keep and roll over to the following year. But if you don't use it, you lose it. Okay. And I made the, I made the mistake of losing it, but that's okay. Um, again, another, another lesson learned, but gotcha. um, it's great for your co-pays, your deductible, um, even if you go to the pharmacy and you purchase, you know, over-the-counter medication, all of that can be tax, either you can purchase tax-free. You know, well, you're paying tax, obviously, when you purchase it, but you're not paying taxes on the income. Okay. And you're putting it away. And yeah, there's absolutely no income tax on it. So you're getting a discount of your in- income tax rate, whatever that might be. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it's free money. You know, and if you do it the right way, if you look at what you spent last year on your medical benefit and, your, you know, your medical expenses, you can kind of ballpark it for the year going forward. And yeah, last, last year was rough for us. We spent every last penny of it last year, but oh, uh, wow. I'm yeah, sure a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. couple holes and scrapes here and there with the kids and that money went quick, but that's yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, but no. If you did that, if you did that tax-free, you would have been, you know, whatever your tax bracket is ahead. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think then in the book you were saying go into that four hundred one. Is that the plan that you go next, where you get that maximum of the uh, employer match, whatever that uh, match is? You want to take that full advantage of that money? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it's free money when the employer is offering it. So whatever you're making on your money you just, you know, you're getting an extra percentage because the employer is paying toward it. So if, you know, for example, you, if you put in 5% and uh, your employer is going to match you at 5%, but they won't go beyond that, then yeah, you know what, put in the 5% because you want to get the maximum out of the, the, of the job, out of the benefits that you, that your employer offers. So if they, if they offer 10%, then put them at 10%, but whatever it is, get that max. Cause that's just kind of, it's just really astronomical with the compounding. Right. And I, I just feel like these are the safe bets to start building your nest egg for the future, you know? Right. That's, that's basically just free money. I mean, it's basically getting a raise. And I think a lot of people really don't understand that that is an option or what that means, a, a 401k match from an employer. Right. Uh, so I, I guess my next question would be, what do you think is the biggest hurdle for people to start investing? Uh, I think a lot of it's knowledge. You know, okay. you, they just they just don't have the information um, that people don't know about their health insurance. People don't know about, you know, like the FSA, HSA. They don't know about what their employer offers. And sometimes they wind up putting like beyond that match. I wouldn't I would stop at the match and do a Roth IRA. You know, um, because I feel like these things are people just don't understand the what's offered from the employer. And again, you said free money, and that's exactly what it is. It's a raise. It's free money. You don't want to leave that on the table. 
but then you have to figure out what your options are after that. You know, what can we do beyond that? So I think the biggest obstacle is probably getting started, okay. having the information, uh, and that's probably related. Um, and then some people just feel like, I know when I was younger, I didn't feel like I could invest because I wasn't well off and I didn't, I didn't know a financial, and I had no financial background. Right. So, you know, it's really that information and, and knowing and almost giving, giving permission. Hey, you can invest. I don't care if you're, you know, you're dirt poor, you can figure out a way to get started. Right. And, and that's really where I wanted to go with my book because, you know, we weren't well off growing up and um, I, I just wanted to have the option to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of those things, a, a lot of times, you know, either they have no knowledge, there's there's simply just no cash to invest, or right. they have a really tight budget at that time. And right. I think for a lot of people, you need to figure out that budget first, right. uh, see where all your money's going. If And like you said, pay down the debt. But uh, yeah, they really need to have all these pieces in place and then have someone tell them, hey, you're this is a possibility. This is a way to have your money work for you. And uh, I, th I talked about it on Monday show about someone who was a high earner, but all their money went into savings. I think they, you know, just didn't have any, any kind of notion as to what the stock market entailed or where to even look. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess with that being said, if you have that debt paid down, if you have some knowledge of what you want to do, um, where do you think people should go ahead and start investing? I, I think you start with your employer and, and okay. with what, whatever that, you know, see what's offered. They, they might be awful, you know, and if it's awful, then you got to go out on your own. And I would think doing, um, if, if you don't have that option, then maybe go for a Roth on your own after. So that's after tax. So this way, when you do retire, you know, you'll hopefully be at your high, highest tax bracket. You take that money out. And when it matures and you're, you're not paying any taxes on it because you paid it at the lower rate that you started at. Right. Um, that's limited, of course. But, you know, you can I, I think it's really a good idea to start with like a $10,000 investment somewhere, you know, either doing a Roth or some type of index fund or something that it uh, mimics that market. You know, you okay. want to you want you want to take advantage of that. But I, I think that's the place to go before you start kind of gambling in, in stocks, you know? Gotcha. So more exposure to the broader market and then kind of whittle your way down to single stock exposure. What, what yeah. about for uh, maybe people who are self-employed? Any, any thoughts there? If we don't have, uh, um, you know, the, the different options that we are talking about, HSA, FSA, 401 right, right. is going to be there. Yeah. No, I mean, again, for you, I would start looking at a, at a Roth if that's available to you, depending upon your income, of course. Um, I would take advantage of what's going on with your wife or, you, you know, if uh, somebody has a partner, um, I would look look into that as, as you know, you're working together for a common goal. And um, that could be an obstacle as well, but, to be quite honest. But um, you, you want to work together. You should have a plan to, together. Um and I would take advantage of that. As far as self-employed, I think it is much tougher for you folks to do. But I think investing in your business is, is a big deal. Uh, reinvesting in your business, 
I, I'm not like that, that guy who has his own business just yet, but, um, it is a goal of mine and I'll probably would do, I probably form an LLC, um, and take advantage of those, uh, those tax, tax benefits, but you could probably speak to that better than I could. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, personally, just for anyone that's listening, I do have a SEP IRA SEP, which, mm -hmm. uh, I think I always get it wrong. I think it's self-employed, but I think it's, it's not that it's, it's got some other abbreviation to it, but uh, that yeah. is a good place to start. You can do up to a, I believe 25% of your earnings that you pay yourself, but, uh, definitely yeah. LLC is a great way to go. Uh, incorporate is another great way to go. That is a mm -hmm. question for a, a tax professional. And right. uh, I mean, mine told me to incorporate for some different tax benefits, but um, yeah, I mean, so uh, we've got, we covered a little bit of the HSA FSA. We've got the Roth, the 401. I mean, how, how is your investing going as of late? I mean, anything that you're watching out there that uh, really <laughs> makes sense right now, any industries you're looking into? Well, I mean, everything at this point seems to be, uh, seems to be down, but uh I think it's a great buying opportunity for, for many sectors. Um, it's it's kind of hard to pick exactly one, but uh, I mean, I'm curious to see what's going to happen happen with crypto. Um, that's that's I mean, with all all that's going on, it's at a great discount. So we're all hoping it goes up. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of like the tech sectors. Of course, they always seem to be they're down, but they always seem to have a have a lot of life when things get better manufacturing gets better uh, supply chain gets better um if there's one i i i, I don't know like i it's it's a hard one I, I everything i have is pretty much you know as far as single stocks is down at this point um but we, we definitely nothing. have some that are coming back but uh i, I agree with you on crypto I, i'm really waiting to see what kind of regulation we get after all this FTX uh, drama right. that we've been through. Right, uh, right. I definitely think that we have had a very solid start to the year in crypto. Uh, I am kind of curious to see if we don't retrace and test some of these levels. But uh, um, yeah, so crypto, I'm, I'm definitely bullish on long-term for the, the main ones, but uh, tech, yeah. I definitely like tech as well. Right, um, right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw the the stuff about Microsoft going ahead and, and getting into oh, GPT. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's that's exciting in and of itself. I'm learning a bit about that myself now. So, um, I, I've been putting a lot more, I've been putting a lot more of my money it, into like this this book and marketing and so on. So, right. my investments as of late haven't been, you know, I haven't really dabbled um, in single stocks as of late. But gotcha. Yeah, I think okay. I need to do a little bit more shopping around. <laughs> you know? Any anything that first time buyers should be avoiding at all costs. Anything that you think is just not for them. I, I think anything that's shiny, you know, any the, the new stuff. You know, uh, there's so much that 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 they they hype, um, okay. and I feel like unless you know and understand what it is, don't get into it. You know. And, and, and do your make, build your foundation first before you put the house up, you know? Um, right. So, yeah, I think we need to start with the basics and then work up from there. Um, for me, a single stocks are kind of fun. You know, um, I learned a lot about, you pay attention to uh, what is the current events. 
you, you learn a lot about supply chain. You learn a lot about uh, what's going on in the world. And that's one of the cool things about being interested in single stocks and, and so on. But um, I, I think initially a new investor should avoid doing single stocks unless it was gifted to them. Um, I, need, I think everybody needs to be diversified because things will be up and things will be down. So you need to have that, um, that consistent investing in multiple areas. Um, okay. So this way, yeah, you want a dollar cost average with, with your stocks and, and with your investments um, and just rely on the count, compounding and the years. Okay. Any, any key metrics that you're looking at when you're valuing some of these different companies? Um, well, that really stick out to you when you're looking over uh, some different, you know, information that you're finding out there. I, I like the PE. Um, that's kind of a big one for me. I like to see what the dividend is if there's a dividend stock. Um, I like to see what the debt, what what they're, what the company owes. Um, so I guess those are the big ones for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to. I'd like a solid company that that doesn't owe too much and has some potential. Right. I, I definitely think for beginning investors, that is a great spot to start. Uh, right. A solid PE, get a, a little bit of a dividend somewhere in there and mm. make sure they can stand the test of time. They don't have too much debt on their hands. Right. But uh, yeah. And then, like you said, the, the growth stocks, the shiny speculative stocks, those are definitely going to be problematic for some new investors. And I, I think if you get into them, you can certainly scare yourself out of, uh, even thinking that you were ready to invest at all. But right. uh, so no, definitely some good advice there. But um, uh, so where, where can we find your book? Where uh, uh, it's on, it's on Amazon and it's actually on audible and I'm told it's on iTunes as well. And in, in the uh, audio book. So um, I, I just completed the audio book and I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled with what's come out of it and, and the feedback that I've gotten. So okay. the feedback is awesome. I love to see it. I love to see reviews. I love to see what people are saying. And uh, even bad feedback is okay. I don't mind. I just <laughs> want I, I want people to tell me the truth. And this way I know what to do better next time. I understand. But, uh, well, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was a great read. It was, uh, it was really easy. You had it all broken down under the chapter was these are the key takeaways. And I mean, like you said at the beginning, if, if you know one part, you can certainly skip ahead to another part. And uh, really kind of, you know, polish your skill set in that area. So, right. Um, right. But cool. uh, yeah, uh, we'll definitely have the, the link in the description to get uh, Glenn's book. And uh, again, that is uh, From Zero to Financial Freedom Hero. And uh, yeah, thanks for stopping in. I definitely appreciate your time. Well, Jeff, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. It's a lot of fun to uh, be a part of the group and, and to vote every week. So, uh, for the newbies, I think it's a good place to start, even if you're not investing any money, but make right. like a mock, mock portfolio based on what you're doing. And, and it gets them going, gets them researching, because I know I do it. when I Before I pick a stock on your site, I start researching I love it. it. Love it. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, if, if that's not in your, uh, your wheelhouse, you don't know how to research, uh, a good place to start would be a broad market ETF or index fund. Uh, with low management fees. And I mean, yeah, definitely. If you guys have questions, feel free to reach out. We're in the group. We want to help. 
And uh, yeah, so again, thank you for stopping by. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Jeff. Thanks so much. Thanks right, everybody thanks. for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks to Glenn for stopping by to share his knowledge with us. We're going to head to break. We will be right back with some investing news and uh, our Let It Grow Investing Challenge for 2023. So stick around. All right. We are back on the podcast. And again, a big thanks to Glenn for uh, coming on and chatting with us about uh, some of his journeys and things that he's learned over time. And make sure that you pick up a copy of his book. It is a very informative read and a lot of key takeaways that he does every chapter that uh, are need to know information. And if someone is looking to get started, um, definitely you can share this book with them in, in either format. But uh, yeah, with that being said, we do have some different news out there today. I am recording on Thursday and uh, you know things are definitely a little bit rockier today than they are the, or the, when they were yesterday. Now, uh, one thing that happened is Microsoft came out and they had their earnings. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it's a little bit of a mixed picture there. Their EPS beat, they had a $2.32 uh, EPS on a expectation of $2.30. Uh, revenue did come in under. They came in at uh, $52.75 billion, uh, missing that expectation of $52.93 billion. So definitely uh, a mixed picture there, but the cloud um, forecast going forward was really looking uh, a little bit downbeaten. So uh, they are selling off today. So as Glenn and I were talking about this single stock exposure thing, when uh, we were looking at Microsoft on Monday, when I bought it for the investing challenge, it was moving up, right? We had that uh, talk about Microsoft and investing in OpenAI, ChatGPT, things were looking good, had Google on their heels. Uh, you know, Google was saying that they are like rapidly looking to build out teams to do AI. And, uh, you know, a couple of days later, we get the news that uh, the forecast for, for Microsoft is a little bit less than what we anticipated. So that uh, overall sent the market down. But I do want to show you that just because we bought it on Monday and it's dropping, I don't have any severe uh, problems with that. You do have that uh, volatility within individual names, individual stocks, and we have to look long term if that's why we bought this stock. So, as a uh, you know, a short term investor, you got to look at all this little bit of news. But uh, when you are looking long term, I think this is a uh, a solid problem to have with the way that the world is going. They've got uh, a lot of different you know, problems going on out there, lots of layoffs everywhere around the world. So obviously those uh, people are going to be out of work for, you know, at least some time. And we've got to really figure out how these companies are going to continue to make money when these high earning individuals are getting laid off from all these companies around the world. So uh, I take that uh, into consideration, but I think within, you know, two to five years, we're going to be glad that we're buying a lot of these stocks on a, on a deep discount. But uh, yeah, their LinkedIn revenue on uh, Microsoft increased 10%, uh, up 14% in constant currency. Xbox content and service revenues decreased 12%, uh, 8% in constant currency without inflation. 
and uh, Azure growth to decelerate four to five percent from the mid thirties. So that is a uh, a big hit to Microsoft. They uh, closed last quarter with eighteen more eighteen percent more employees than it had in the pr year prior. Uh, we've also got Microsoft Teams now has more than two hundred and eighty million monthly active users. Uh, as I said, we had uh, Google had some problems with getting into the AI. They're kind of playing catch up, and they also are getting. Uh, investigated by the SEC or even sued by the SEC for uh, that behemoth of a advertising engine that they have. The SEC wants that to be broken up. So a lot of different things going on out there. Overall, I think there's uh, some rush to sell as a lot of different companies are set to report in the next couple of days or uh, next couple of weeks. We've got Tesla this afternoon. And uh, I will be watching all of this. We will certainly be covering this on the next episode. But um, yeah, past that, we've got um, the week five. We are on week five of the Let It Grow Investing Challenge. And uh, we got five names as we normally do on the uh, the poll over there on Let It Grow Investing. I am taking the uh, the five names, putting them to a poll for the group. And whatever the group decides, I am buying the following Monday, $200 worth of my own money going into a Webull portfolio that uh, you can follow along with. You can uh, even just get smart and uh, you know really take everything into consideration consideration as to what I'm buying, why I'm buying it. And uh, even if you just made a uh, kind of a, a play account and follow along to see how these go or put them in a watch list, that's definitely totally acceptable. And uh, yeah, so I guess for stock number one, we've got Visa. We bought this one last year in the investing challenge, and I still think that it is a, uh, a strong contender with everything that's going on in the market right now. We've got uh, a lot of people that are going to be out of work. We've got uh, you know a lot of people doing that to spend on credit card rather than having the cash in the bank after a lot of the different uh, free money programs have really slowed down that savings rate has dropped significantly from the start of the pandemic. And I think that Visa is going to be a uh, a strong pick in this type of environment and even going forward. But uh, number two, we've got uh, the ARK fund. Uh, Kathy Wood uh, has the fund ARKQ, which is going to be specializing in uh, autonomous technology and robotics. So that's going to be a different way to get into a fund that is a little bit more growth uh, oriented without having to do all the homework on the individual stocks. So that one is uh, a little bit more risky than uh, some of the broad market ETFs that we were talking about earlier, whether it be VTI or VOO, or even something like QQQ that is large cap focused in uh, in the tech space. So that one uh, has been performing pretty well over the past 10 years, with this past year being a, uh, a big downward spiral for them. But uh, with the amount of people that are looking to get into autonomous, people are catching on to the fact that AI could certainly be the future. Uh, I think it could be a good time to look back at one of these uh, different uh, ETFs that is more growth focused. So that is number two. Number three, we are also having a head-to-head -head battle here with uh, Invesco, Invesco's QQQ fund, which is a NASDAQ-based fund. Like I said, more large cap, uh, some of those big tech companies are all in this fund. You're buying one name, but you're getting uh, a basket of stocks that could certainly help outperform 
especially after the NASDAQ is sold off so heavily last year. I think it was down 31%. So that is number three. Now, number four, we are looking at the EV plays and ultimately that charging network that's going to be uh, needing to be built around these cars that are going to be on the roads. Now, this one is ChargePoint Holdings. So this one is a little bit more speculative as well. Uh, negative earnings right now, they are in that growth mode. The revenues are growing uh, rapidly year over year, but uh, it is a younger company. So currently it's trading at $10.95 and uh, the average price target uh, from eight ranked analysts is about uh, $19.38, 77% upside here. And uh, one that I think is going to be a front runner in this space and really have a, a good market share overall in that uh, EV charging uh, setups. So uh, that is number four. Now, number five. Now, this one is one of those large caps that I think has just gotten a little bit too cheap. And that name is Meta Platforms or formerly known as Facebook. Now, this one is trading down at a PE of a 13.6, very low uh, compared to where this one normally trades. You're also getting uh, a lot of that growth uh, potentially from the metaverse, but I also think that they could get into more of the AI, the autonomous, the robotics, and really look towards that lane uh, if they don't have all that metaverse spend. They did say they're cutting back on that spending, and hopefully that leads them to uh, another lane where they can really uh, look to either purchase a company, acquire a company, or build out their own platforms uh, in those different realms that I think are going to be that faster growing um, type of business right now. So that's the five that I came up with for this week. Ultimately, there's a ton of different great stocks that you could be buying out there right now. But uh, again, number one, Visa. Number two, ARKQ, the ARK Autonomous and Robotics Fund. Uh, number three is QQQ. Number four, ChargePoint Holdings, CHPT. And number five is Meta Platforms. The ticker is M-E-T-A. So that's what I got for you guys this week. Thanks again uh, to Glenn for coming on the show. And uh, the link will be in the description to get his uh, book, either if it's on Amazon, Audible, or uh, audiobook. You can find it in the, uh, the link uh, in the description here. So that's what I got. And thank you guys for stopping by. I will catch you in the next one. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.